You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so just as a reminder, and especially for those that might have missed last week, Please, this, this doesn't mean you don't need to go back and listen to last week. But let me give you just a couple things uh, to, 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 from last week as a little bit of a reminder. And this, this is the first thing. All Christians are spiritually firstborns and have a right to a firstborn double portion. Okay, now, if, if you haven't been in the Word of God, or you haven't been in a lot of Bible classes or something, you have, really have no idea what that means. Okay, that's why you need to go listen to the sermon from last week and get all of that, Okay. But, but here's a little bit of it right here. Is this is something in the Old Testament where the, the firstborn son, when dad died, the firstborn son got a double portion. If there were five sons, the estate was divided, divided into six. All five sons got a portion, and then the oldest got an additional portion, so he got a double portion, okay? Now, that doesn't sound fair, does it? Doesn't sound right. Sounds like God prefers uh, firstborns over everybody else, like there's a preference thing. That's not what this is at all, okay? Because, next slide, uh, the firstborn son inherited a double portion because he also inherited the responsibility for the family. Okay, now we get it, right? This is a practical thing. This is a provision thing. It's not about preference. Wasn't God saying, I like firstborns better than anybody else? It's a provision thing. If, if dad dies and the, and the oldest son has to make sure all the bills are paid, he's going to need a little bit more than everybody else. If he's got to take care of mom until mom passes away, he's going to need a little more than everybody else. If he's going to take care of the sisters until they all get married, he's going to need a little bit more than everybody else. This was the reason he received the double portion. Okay, so I want so much to preach to you about the double portion blessings, and, and not in an Old Testament sense, but in a New Testament sense, of all the things that God wants to pour into our lives in 2019, into your life, right now, this week. That God, I want, I want to get, but we're not there quite yet. Because what we have to do is we have to get this first. Before we can get to that, we've got to understand this. Okay, we can't skip steps. We've got to understand. I'm, I want to preach, and we're going to get there in this sermon series, but we need to get this first. And here's what we need to get. If you look up there and you see the, the two points from last week, you see this. Here, here's what this is all about. Is that the responsibility of taking care of the family. The responsibility was the reason for the double portion blessing. That if you don't have responsibility, you don't need a double portion blessing. As, as, a, as, a, as a person, as a human being, whether you're following Christ, we all have that first blessing of life and joy and all the stuff. That, and some, yeah, some have more stuff than other people. But, but we all get that first blessing of life. But when we become a Christian, we have this right, this, this opportunity for this double portion blessing. But it is connected to the responsibility. You can't just go after the blessing you have to also accept the response. They are connected. The only reason for the blessing, the only reason for the double portion is the responsibility. Now, anybody want to leave now because this wasn't a sermon you wanted to came, come for, right? We don't want to hear about responsibility. We just want to hear about the blessing. Okay, I'm telling you about the blessing. But it starts with the responsibility. 
Okay, so let's talk about the responsibility. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Hope you'll stay with me. Hope you're there, okay? Let's, let's get this. Let's understand, because this is who we are. All right, some things about the, uh, the, the responsibility. Who is it that firstborns are responsible for, okay? Uh, let, let me give you this one little pointer right here. It's like, as Christians, we should be looking up to God all the time, all the time looking up, but we should also be looking down. Okay, now I don't mean like looking down on people or because we're taller or higher or in a position above people or anything. But think about the story of the Good Samaritan. Now this is a parable that Jesus told, mentioned parables last week, talked about one. And uh, sometimes they're true stories, sometimes they're stories that Jesus just made up to, to, uh, to, to, to explain a point. And um, I, I've heard people say, well, I think that Good Samaritan story is a real thing that really happened. But you know what? I don't really think of it. I think he made it up. And I think it's even stronger because he made it up. Because he made it up to lay it out exactly where we would understand it. You know, that he didn't have to tell us details that didn't really happen or that, that wouldn't support. You know, he was telling us things that support. Here's what you need to understand. And the story is that there was a traveler and some thieves, they attacked him. They took everything that he had, beat him up, left him by the side of the road to die. And then Jesus tells that a priest and a Levite, and a Levite's kind of like a person, you and I, we would say it's like a person that works at the church, okay? So it's like a priest and a person working at the church that they both come by and uh, they see him but they just see him for a moment it's like they don't really connect with him they just kind of see him maybe it's because they're both on their way to the temple on their way to jerusalem and so they're still focused on god so focused on focused on, oh wait that's a guy in need but i gotta i gotta go do my thing because i'm a priest or i work at the church and that kind of stuff and then a good samaritan comes along and the Good Samaritan, he doesn't just see him. He actually goes over to them, and, and he sees the need that he has. He is looking down and sees the, sees the need, and he takes care of him. He, he uh, washes out his wounds. He binds him up, puts him on his own, own horse, and takes him down to an inn and says, hey, take care of him. Here's some money. If that's not enough, when I come back tomorrow, I'll pay you some more for that. He's the one that really takes care of him. So that's the point right here is for us to not just be looking up, but to also be looking down. Okay, so specifically... Who are the people that firstborns are responsible for? And, and every Christian is a firstborn, okay? So who are the people that, that we are responsible for? Three things right here. First of all, those younger than me. So, you know, there's whoever the oldest Christian is in this room, whoever the oldest person is in this room, you're responsible for everybody in the room, you know, because we're responsible for those that are younger than us. You know, we're responsible that, uh, for, for the things that they need. You know, like, okay, Andrew right here. Andrew, I really appreciate you praying for me, buddy. Appreciate you encouraging me. He's an encourager, man, really is. Appreciate you when you tell me my sermons are good, even when they aren't. You know, all that kind of, I appreciate all of that. I appreciate you, you know, that he might say, hey, I see, a, I see an area where we can minister. And you know, it's great if he finds me areas to minister or something like that. Or pastor here somewhere, we can take our church to minister, those kinds of things. But that's not his job. That's my job for him because he's younger than me. I'm not, I'm not supposed to be sitting back and waiting for Andrew to find me things that I can do to, to be blessed or, or for Andrew to pray my prayers. I'm supposed to be praying over him because he's younger than me. I have responsibility to those that are young. Are you listening to me? Whatever age you are, are you listening to me? Because those who are younger than you, you have responsibility. You got, you got scripture for that? Yes, I do. Hang on, we're getting there in just a few moments, okay? I've got scripture for that. I want you to see that because some of you, you know, here's what, here's what I, I've heard a lot in my years of pastoring is it's almost like Christians think they get to an age and they retire. Uh-uh. 
You are responsible for those who are younger than you. The older you get, the more responsibility you have. And yeah, I got scripture for that. We'll get there in just a moment. Okay. Uh, also, I am responsible for those who are younger me, spiritually speaking, younger, me, younger than me in faith. So not just am I responsible for those who are younger than me. I'm responsible if, if you could be 100 years old today, and if you got saved last year, you became a Christian last year, I'm responsible for you, even though you're a lot older than me. I'm still responsible for you because you don't understand. You don't know the things I have. It's not your responsibility to, to, you know, to, to help me figure out how to preach better or those kinds of things. You, know, you don't have to do that. It's my responsibility to figure out how to preach better to help you. So I'm also responsible in a spiritual sense for those who are, who are younger than me in faith. But then it goes another step. We are also responsible for those children of God, those in the family of God who have not yet received Christ as their Savior. That there are, there are family members out there that are away from the family right now, but they're coming home one day. I am responsible for them. I'm responsible for them. And, and, and every firstborn is responsible for those, for those people. Now, Jimmy Evans, pastors in, in, in Dallas, and a, a good quote right here kind of wraps all this up, I think. He says it all right here. Jimmy Evans says, the, the spirit of the firstborn must fill us. Okay, get this. The, the spirit or the attitude of the firstborn must fill us before the blessing of the firstborn falls upon us. We all want the blessing. We all want the good stuff. We all want God to shower us with awesome blessings and things. But before that can fall on us, the spirit or the attitude of the firstborn must fill us. And what is that attitude? What is the spirit of the firstborn? It is this. I am responsible for God's children, not just those who are in church, but those who are out in the world and aren't saved yet. And that wraps up pretty much what I've been trying to say for the past five or six minutes, that I am responsible. And that's got to fill me before the blessings can fall on me. That has to fill me. That attitude has to be in me. I have to be living by that attitude before the blessings can follow me. That's why I say I'm apprehensively excited about this because if you get it, some of you haven't gotten this yet, but if you get this, there are blessings that you have yet to tap into. There are things, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says God has awesome plans for our life. He's planning awesome things for you, a future, a hope, not negative things, not bad things. He's planning awesome things for you. And if you can get this, if you can understand, if you can get this, the, the, the responsibility part of it, if we can get this spirit of the firstborn in us in 2019, then there are no limits to what God can and will do in our lives and for us and for those that are around us. The blessings will come. But let me, let me say this. You know, I, I know a lot of times we kind of like to distance ourselves. We like our alone time, right? You know, we, sometimes we just get tired of dealing with people, especially if you work in the customer service industry. When you clock out at 5 o'clock, you know, you're ready to go home and you don't want to talk to nobody, right? <laughs> Anybody understand? It's a nervous laughter or whatever, right? You know, we understand that. But I cannot fulfill my responsibility to those who don't yet know Jesus Christ if I'm building walls around myself to protect myself. Listen, yeah, I am an organized person. I've got to-do lists, and my to-do lists have sub-to-do lists. 
you know, and I don't like somebody messing up my day unless it's, you know, unless it's really serious, okay? Don't mess up my day with something that was trivial and you just messed up everything I was trying to do. Okay, that's one of my faults. And if you want to know all the rest of them, just ask David, okay? She can share them with you, right? That's just one of my, he's like, I, I, I like getting things done. And so when, you know, when things, you know, when trivial things mess up my day, okay, but we all have to recognize that about ourselves. We, we all like our space at times or whatever, but we cannot fulfill our responsibility by building walls around ourselves we have to allow ourselves to be able to be connected with by someone who does not know Jesus okay but that's not just for out there it's also for in here and there are a lot of people that ask the question well do you have to go to church to go to heaven no I don't think so salvation's free but understand this I cannot fulfill my responsibility to those in the church unless I'm in the church you know, I, I can't fulfill my responsibility to you sitting at home, you know, watching Brother Kevin. I can't fulfill my responsibility to you sitting at home listening to my own podcast, right? I can't fulfill my responsibility to you unless I'm here and I'm connected. I have to be connected to you. I have to be open to you. Okay, so, 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 so let's, let's talk a little bit about, about how we do this, okay? Um, and and for, we, I'm going to go through this list pretty quick, okay? We do this by sharing, blessing, and giving, etc., especially to those who have yet to receive their double portion, okay? So like, like people who have not yet become Christians, you know, they don't understand. And so when we pray for them, we share our prayers and, and we, we share even our blessings. They don't have that yet, and so we share with those. That's our responsibility. But it's not just out there. It's also in here. You see that? Sometimes Christians, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to some of you today, it's like you started following Christ, but you've not yet done what we sang just a few moments ago. Live my life for him. You've not yet fully done that. You started following him. You've asked him to forgive you of your sin. Eternity is set, and it's done for you. You don't have to worry about that. But you're not really following him. You're still doing things a little bit your own way, doing it when you want to and how you want to and as, you know, as often as you want to or as little as you want to. You're still not doing that. And so for those of you like that, you come to church and you've got needs and whatever. And so I need to share with you because I've been, I have been so blessed. And so we have to share, especially with those who have yet to experience the double portion in their life. Let me hurry on. Number two, uh, how first ones uh, are responsible to be an example, a role model, someone to follow, perhaps even look up to, to be somebody to look up to. Like, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Question for you. Are you followable? Are you someone that if, if someone follows you, are they getting closer to Christ? Only if you're getting closer to Christ. Are you someone that everybody can follow and should follow? Number, number three, um, teach, instruct, mentor, encourage, challenge, and disciple. All right, here's that scripture I was promising you, right, about the, the older taking care of the younger. Titus chapter 2, the beginning of verse 4 and verse 6. These older women must train the younger women. They say that they, don't re, they didn't retire. That wasn't built in there. The older women must train the younger women. And then he's speaking to the older men, and he says, In the same way, you older men, encourage the young men to live wisely. All right? That he's telling us this is our responsibility. We don't retire. We don't get to a place that I don't have. I have more responsibility today than, I, than I've ever had in my life. And, as, and it, 
for the rest of my life, my, that, it, that responsibility, there will be more people that, that need me, that need all of those things right there. And here's, here's the fourth one. Bring up the next slide. Lead them spiritually. You know, when, when someone asks for your advice, if you're a firstborn, you know, the first thing out of your mouth should not be, you know, the other day I saw on Dr. Phil. Now, Dr. Phil says some good, I've heard him say some good stuff, you know, but that should not be the first thing out of my mouth all the time. Maybe sometimes you've heard something good, but that should not be my fallback, my go-to. That should not be the thing that I'm pointing people to. Oh, you just need to listen more of Dr. Phil in the afternoons or whenever he comes on. I don't know, you know, but what should we be doing? And we're leading spiritually. We should be pointing them to prayer, pointing them in the right direction, the way to God. We should be encouraging them into the Bible when they say, I've got this need, I've got this problem. We should say, here, here's a scripture you need to read. I, I, I encourage you to read the, the, the book of John or something like that. We should be pointing them, encouraging them to get into the Bible and into small groups because you've got to connect. Listen, if you don't connect, you're not going to fall away because you're not really even there yet. You gotta connect. And if you if you if you ever hope to 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 have the ability to reach someone, and if you ever hope to have the ability to receive from someone, you've got to be connected with them. And the very best way to do that is through small groups where you connect with more and more people. I loved our small groups this past semester because I, I, like nobody in the room knew anybody really except me and David. It's like everybody were strangers, and it was so wonderful because people connected to people they had never never connected before, and now they can talk to one another. They know what they can ask questions. They can pray for one another. You've you've got to be able to connect like, and you've got to be able to connect like that. And that's what we do as firstborn, is we have the responsibility to teach people to do that, point them in those directions. To those things to pray to be in someone texted me yesterday and they told me about a, about a need they had you know what the first thing I did my response to the text was about prayer I'll join with you in prayer and hey tomorrow at the end of the service come down and let a prayer team member pray with you about this and let them connect with you and believe that God will do that to point them to prayer point point it's our responsibility to point people these that we're responsible for point them to prayer to the Bible to connecting with other good Christians that's our charge let, let, me, let me draw you a little bit of a picture here. Here's kind of the way. I, I think one, a great example is the story of Miriam. You know, this is when Miriam was young. We don't, we don't know a lot about Miriam, especially when she was young. We know just this one little bit that when Moses, her little brother, was born, uh, Pharaoh had, had uh, issued a decree that all Hebrew males were supposed to be killed when they were born because he was getting worried about what, you know, they were going to rise up, so they were all to be killed. So his parents, when Moses was born, his parents, they made a basket, they put him in the basket, and they hid him in the weeds in the river. And then they had Miriam go over. Okay, and I don't know how old Miriam was, but, you know, and I think this is one of, the, one of those things that sometimes we read the Bible and we just hurry on. I think this is one of those things that's really good to just kind of stop and just think, now what does that, what, what did that really entail for Miriam? You know, what did Miriam really do uh, in this whole story how, how did how did how did she do this and and what was happening and how does that relate to me okay well she was having to watch the baby Moses over there in a basket but in a way that nobody knew that that's what she was doing so she had to be careful that nobody saw her watching a basket you know but she, so she watched it every day we don't know how many days and finally one day Pharaoh's daughter discovered the basket and then Miriam had to she jumped up and ran over she said hey do you want me to find a Hebrew mom that can nurse him and take care of him until he's old enough to come back to you and she said yeah so Miriam had to be old enough to do all that too all right so so here's three things that I see out of Miriam that I see out of first tr uh, uh, true firstborns 
ways a true firstborn behaves, they step up no matter the situation. We don't have the conversation recorded about where Miriam's parents said, no, you got to watch him, you got to take care of him. We don't have that. Well, we have no, we have no I, as far as we can tell, she didn't buck that. She, she said, you know, this has to be done. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, this wasn't a three- or four-year-old. If she was going to this, you know, she able to handle this much responsibility, this was a probably, she was probably a little bit older than that. And who wouldn't do that for their own little brother, their own little baby brother? Well, that's what God has called us to with all of our little brothers and sisters. And they never say, it's not my job. Never say, it's not my job. Even those days when I don't like that somebody's messing up my schedule, you know? If it's a serious enough thing, I'm not upset about it, really, you know? But they never say it's not my job. They walk into the room looking, paying attention, and noticing. I really loved something this morning when the Connect team prayed before service. And Rogina was leading the prayer, and she said this. She said, she said God, there will be people coming into this room hurting. Let them leave not hurting anymore. Yeah, that's the heart of a true firstborn that comes in the door and is looking for those that are hurting, that is, that is looking for someone who needs me, that is not just looking up but is looking down. You know, not just saying, hey, God, what, what do you got for me today, but is looking, you know, who can I help today? That I, one of the terms I like to use is two alone. You know, we all like to be a little bit alone from time to time, Right. But I, I encourage people, you know, staff, and I encourage the Connect team. That I, I say, look for people who are too alone, you know. They're, they're just sitting all by themselves, and it's just a little too alone. Those people need our help. True firstborns walk into a room. They walk into a situation, and they're not focused on themselves. They're looking around. Where's my little brother that I need to take care of? Where's my little sister? Where's, where's that one that's hurting today? That's the spirit of a true firstborn. And I agree with Jimmy Evans. Until we embrace, until we are filled with the spirit and the attitude of a firstborn, we cannot expect the, the, the blessing of the firstborn to fall upon us. So we got to keep going after it. All right, so when are firstborn supposed to be responsible? Well, I, I tell, you, tell it to you this way. Responsibility is not a call of convenience. It doesn't happen when you want it to or you think it should. It, it, responsibilities all the time. It, it's kind of like asking that question, and I went through this a few months ago, like, like when is a mother not a mother? There's not a moment in the day that she's not a mom. There's not a moment in the day that she sets aside her responsibilities as a mom. The same way with the firstborn. When does the firstborn? Responsibility is not a call of convenience. We don't get to pick and choose when we're responsible. But if you're doing that, you're not really responsible. Responsibility is about any time that something is needed, any time something is done. Okay, so we've talked about who, we've talked about how, we've talked about when. Let me take you somewhere else in this whole responsibility thing. And um, a, couple of, a couple of scriptures just almost just out of the blue, just a couple of things right here from the Old Testament. Early on in the Bible, Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. Now Israel was the name that God gave to Jacob, Jacob's name. He changed Jacob's name to Israel. And, and, and God is saying, Jacob, Israel, was my, is my firstborn son. No, he's not. Israel, Jacob was not the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn, right? Esau was the firstborn. We know this. Esau was the firstborn. Jacob was the little brother. All right, we're going to talk about his story in just a moment. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 9. I am Israel's father, and Ephraim is my oldest child. Again, no, he's not. 
or first of all, the way Ephraim fits into the whole tribes, all, all the, the family of Israel, of Jacob, is he's Joseph's son, and Joseph is number 11 of all the sons. You know, Reuben is the oldest one, but Joseph is number 11, and so, you know, he's not, you know, he's way down the line there, and then even in his own family, Manasseh is older than Ephraim, so Ephraim is, he's, he's, not, he's not even the oldest, so, so what's, what's going on here? Because God's declaring things that don't appear to be true. Because if we're looking at it in physical terms, like in the Old Testament way, but when we look at it in that New Testament way of understanding, then we realize, here it is, there's a pattern in biblical history of what happens when we want to only embrace the blessing instead of also embracing the responsibility. That we only want the blessing and we don't want to have the responsibility. It's a biblical pattern of it. And, and just in those two stories right there, I want to show it to you real quick, okay? Because here's Esau. Esau's a, Esau's a hunter, and he comes home one day, and he's really hungry. And Jacob, his little brother, whose name is going to be changed to Israel down the road, uh, Jacob uh, is making a stew. And, uh, and, and, and Esau says, hey, I'm hungry. Give me some of that. And so Jacob says, let's make a trade. I'll give you some stew if you give me your birthright which is meaning you give me your firstborn status, you give me the blessing that God is going to, uh, that our dad is going to give you, you give me that blessing. And so here, here's what it says next. Esau, the firstborn, despised the birthright. For, we don't know why, but that's what Scripture says. And if you go to the Connect page, you can read all these Scriptures, uh, all these stories. Esau despised the birthright for some reason. And then he wanted the privilege, but he didn't want the responsibility. And that's not how it works. In God... In the world, in families, in life, is, anybody, is there any place that that works? That you can get the blessing without the responsibility? That you can get the money without working the job? Is there any, way, is there any place in life where that, it doesn't work that way? He wanted the blessing without the responsibility, and he only appreciated the blessing after he had lost it and when it was too late to go back and get it. It was too late to retrieve it. It was already gone. It was already given. That's when he understood, oh, I've blown it. But it's too late. So here's, here's, really, here's really how this uh, whole thing worked where the firstborn blessing passed from Esau to Jacob. And it was in this, th this thought right here, is that Esau chose lunch. Jacob wrestled with God all night one night to get a true blessing. And because of that, the firstborn blessing passed from Esau to Jacob. And that's why God now says, Jacob is my firstborn, Israel is my firstborn. Esau could have been, but he didn't want it. He despised it. And then there's Reuben. Reuben chose sin. Now, I started to have put on the uh, slide there what the sin was, you know, and I thought, well, you know, it really doesn't matter what the sin is. Because, you know, I think sometimes when we talk about specific sins, we stop listening like we should because, you know, like, you know, you have a sin that you think is the worst, and you have a sin that you think is the worst, and you and me maybe, you know, and, and it's like really, you know, the sin that we think is the worst is what somebody else is committing, right? The one that they fall in, you know, you know, because mine is just like a little slip. It's a, mine was a little white lie. Yours was a big one, a big, big old whopper of a lie, right? It's like that's the way we look at it. So that's why I didn't want to put it up there because I didn't want you to check out on me and say, okay, he's talking about somebody else is committing that sin. No, no, he chose sin. 
And because he chose sin, I like how this guy, Tom Martinchik, uh, uh, that, maybe that's close, I don't know. He said this, now Reuben, you can't find a noteworthy man among his descendants in all of Scripture. When, when I read that, I thought, you know what, I think that's right. And I started thinking through my, uh, th- thinking through my mind, and, and I couldn't think of one. You know, and so I started, I thought, man, I'd be researching all day just to figure this out. So instead of researching it for you, I just, I'm just going to blame it on him if he's wrong, okay? You know, that, that there might have been, there might have been one. But I'm telling you, I can't think of one. I agree with, I can't think of one, one honorable, one distinguished descendant of Reuben. Because Reuben chose sin. But you know what I can find? All, but men like Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim, Judah, Moses, these men, they all received the blessing. And none of them were firstborn. Not, not in a physical sense. They weren't the firstborn to their moms, but they are the ones that received the blessing. What's going on here? It's a spiritual thing. Because here it is. Next, next slide. Here it is. The firstborn has a right to the blessing, but many choose to give up those blessings. That's what was happening there. Okay, and I, and I, I, I agonized a little bit over this slide also because I almost, put in there, I almost told them to change it. No, put, put in there that they lose the blessing or it slips through their fingers, but I thought, no, that's wrong because you don't accidentally lose the blessing. You have it right there. It's, it's yours. It's your right. You have the right to a double portion blessing because you're a Christian, because you're a firstborn. And the only way you lose it is by refusing it. You can choose to not have the firstborn blessing. You see, now, now do you, you understand why we had to preach this message before we can even get to the blessing? We need to understand this. Don't let go of the blessing. Embrace, embrace the responsibility that he's given to you because only in, in embracing the responsibility can you receive the, the, the firstborn double portion blessings that God wants to pour out in your life. All firstborns receive it. They have the right to it unless they reject it. And how can we reject it? Because, you know, here's, here's, here's the way most of us do it, is we chase after the wrong stuff. You know, we want the, the stuff of life, the quick stuff, you know. But when we chase after the, the, that little quick stuff, we miss the best. And if we'll chase after the best, then that stuff just follows along behind us. Just think about this. If, if I said this morning, how many of you would like a $1,000 check Every hand in the house would go up, right? But how many of you would a $1,000 check really, really, really change your life? For a day or two? A week? Maybe? But it wouldn't really change our life. You see, that's how we go after those little stuff. And we miss the best. But if we'll go after the best, the stuff just follows. You got scripture for that, Pastor? Absolutely. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek his, seek the best, seek the amazing, seek the kingdom, and when you seek the kingdom, all that other stuff happens to you. I, I, it's, it's happened to me so many times, I can't tell you. I, and one, one little example, I can't tell you the number of times I've been sick walking up on stage ready to preach a message. And be sick and, and just saying, God, I don't know if I can get through this. You're going to have to help me somehow. And you know what? By the time the sermon's over, I've totally forgotten that I was sick. Walk off the stage and somebody asked me, you still feeling bad, Pastor? And I think, well, no, you know what? I'm not anymore. Because seeking first, seeking the, the best, seeking the best, and all that other stuff just happens. But when we're seeking all that other stuff, when we're walking in the room and we're looking up only to him, what you got for me today? We're not looking down and around. Who's too alone? Who's hurting today? 
who needs encouragement who needs prayer and we don't see that then and we're just looking for our stuff we're gonna miss the best seek the best and the little just follows along behind it Jimmy Evans will focus us here just in closing right here if you're going to have the firstborn blessing you have to take responsibility for his family cut and dry that's it I, I want to preach to you about the black I couldn't do it today though we had to get this taken care of first if you want that blessing that I'm going to preach to you about if you want that firstborn double portion blessing you see as a human being you've got the first blessing but when you become a Christian now you have a right to an amazing blessing double portion more on top of you than you can receive for all for everything you need and everybody around you you have a right to it but if you're going to receive it then you've got to also accept this responsibility too that's what God's called us to be that's who he's called us to be at 29 11 that's us it's about responsibility you know and I know I know there, there are some people that this sermon turns them off because I didn't come here to hear about response you, you just want me to do something yeah I want you to do something I want you to sow some seed that God can make a blessing grow out of if you're not sowing some seed then what's going nothing nothing can happen your, 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 your garden is, is bare. Your garden is vacant. There's nothing coming out of that. Sow some seed. Do something. I want to see, see you blessed beyond amazing so that you aren't just the one walking in on Sunday morning like you're the one walking in like this, looking for somebody that has a need so that you can help them become someone who is looking for those who are in need. So you can get out, outside of these four walls and also be looking down for those who are in need. Now, that's, that's, that's what I want to see happen in you, but it doesn't happen unless we get this. We have to accept the responsibility of this. This is who God's called us to be, and, and, and really I think that's who God has called every church to be. But I'm not sure we all, all the time, get that and hang on to it. Even a lot of us who are following Christ, you need to get this. Even if you call yourself a Christian, you need to get this. You are responsible for somebody, for someone. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.